What's up, everybody? Welcome to part two of my four-part celebration of the incredible Celia Cruz. Celia and La Sonora Matancera left Cuba on July 15, 1960. At the time, Mexico had become um, a booming market for Afro-Cuban music. However, she soon got an offer to perform at the Los Angeles Palladium on, in July of 1961 and decided to embrace this new opportunity. However, at this time, the Mexican people um, really did not want her to leave. They, have, they really uh, loved La Sonora, loved her, and I mean, she had so many fans there. And in fact, the amazing uh, composer Agustin Lara called her and he told her, please don't leave, I'll even get you your own band. Um, but another reason that she decided to leave was that her travel documents um, had expired. And she really was 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 ready to move on to something to, to, to further opportunities at the time, um, and so she she uh, performed at the Los Angeles Palladium for some time before she went to New York where La Sonora had been uh, playing at the time. She rejoined them there, um, and she actually got an apartment in New York and decided to settle there. It was actually her neighbors were actually Rolando Lasetti and his wife Dita were her neighbors, and they were actually very close friends. But I will continue with this story after we hear a wonderful song uh, from Celia and Tito Puente called Amara La Yegua from 1966 from the Son Con Huabanco album. Enjoy. Que va a 
cuida para ordeñar. Que va a empezar la faena. So upon her arrival in New York, Talia had a lot of opportunities open up to her. She was she was getting a lot of gigs at different venues, different clubs, and um, but at the end of March of 1962, she actually had this dream about her mother. Remember, her mother was still in Cuba. She was battling cancer. Her condition was worsening. And at the end of March of that year, Celia had this dream. And she saw her mother. And her mother said, Nina, don't forget. I'll always be with you. Um, and then on April 7th of that year, she had a debut at the Puerto Rico Theater. And um, she had gone out earlier that day and then come back. And she heard Pedro, who she was now dating. And she would later marry a couple months later. Um, on the phone saying, listen, Celia's mother, talking to someone saying, Celia's mother just passed last night and she doesn't know yet. And it, it, Celia was devastated and she actually remembered how she did the performance that night and between songs she was going behind the curtains and crying. Um, it was an incredibly difficult time for her. She actually filed the paperwork to return to Cuba. However, the situation was so difficult um, politically that she wasn't able to return or attend her mother's funeral and she said that she was just crying so much she thought she was losing her mind I mean it was so it was such a difficult difficult uh, uh time for her and then on June 18th 1962 um Celia was actually the first Latina to perform at Carnegie Hall it was actually a really really important uh time and then in on July 14th of 1962 she married Pedro Knight she who of course was the trumpet one of the trumpet players for La Sonora Matancera she was he was actually the first one from the band that she had met in 1950 they had been friends for 12 years um before they married in 1962 um and then in 1965 Celia uh, she had been working through these years a lot of the time she was working in Mexico she would travel back there because she had so many fans as i had said before but she realizes that Seiko is not promoting her, who she had signed with years before, is not promoting her. And in, and in fact, she decides she's done with the company. Um, uh, Sidney Siegel, uh, it's clear he never really liked her because in the, in the first place, he never wanted to sign her. But he wasn't promoting her records. And she did three of the five albums that she was under contract for. And then she left La Sonora because they were still signed on to Seiko, so she couldn't continue to work with them, unfortunately. So in 1965, she left the band. And then she had actually met Tito Puente in the early 1950s in Havana. And he called her in 1965 and encouraged her to sign with Tico so they could work together. And I'll continue that story after we hear another song from the Son Con Nuevo album called Lo Mismo Si Que No. Enjoy. <laughs> Para ti, para mí, para mí, para ti, lo mismo da que sí, lo mismo da que no. Para ti, para mí, para mí, para ti, lo mismo da que sí, lo mismo da que no. Eso es entre tú y yo, que fácil nos comprendimos. Tú tienes rica inspiración y convives con lo mío. Para ti, para mí, para mí, para ti, lo mismo da que sí, lo mismo da que no. Si hay uno mucho mejor, razón hay por qué decirlo, amor sincero, rico amor. 
amor, alegre y feliz vivimos. Para ti, para mí, para mí, para ti, lo mismo da que sí, lo mismo da que no. Just heard Lo Mismo Si Que No from the Son Comamaco album, Celia Cruz and Tito Puente, 1966. Now, I just want to note here, without throwing shade on Tito or, 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 or disrespecting him in any way, but, I mean, of course, we have Celia, who is... These, these albums really didn't get uh, uh, commercially successful, and it might be surprising because Celia is a phenomenal vocalist, and Tito Puente is a phenomenal instrumentalist and arranger, and you'd think this would be an amazing combination that would really sell well, but... Tito Puente, um, he had such a huge uh, sound of his orchestra. I mean, he, he had a huge orchestra, and they had a really big sound. Um, and Johnny Pacheco gave this kind of analysis um, very simply. He was like, Celia sounded good with someone playing a, a tin can, basically. She didn't need a huge accompaniment that Tito Puente had. Um, and so, I mean, he had like all these saxophones, a huge brass, brass section, and also like a really fast tempo. And I think we... Uh, we can all agree that Celia's voice is also, is so commanding and grand. And then we have Tito Puente's huge orchestral sound. And Celia has this big regal voice. And it's like they couldn't both shine at the same time. Um, and so, you know, I just I just wanted to mention that because these, these, these albums, as wonderful as they are, really didn't highlight her voice like you hear with La Sonora. Um, the arrangements highlight her voice a bit more than the Tito Puente, the one she did with Tito Puente. And of course, not to um, disrespect Tito or his arrangements or his, his musicianship in any way, um, but they couldn't both shine at the same time when they're working together. Again, this is just my uh, my take on it. Um, but we're going to get to some more more music here. We're going to get to another set uh, that she recorded with Tito. We're going to start with another one called Tinique uh, with Tito Puente. Enjoy.
We just heard Tinique with uh, Tito Puente, and then we heard Me Acuerdo de Ti, which is such a beautiful, beautiful bolero. And the story goes that Celia was in the in the recording studio, and Tito had had got this song that he wanted her to record. And she, it's since it's a song about nostalgia of, of missing Cuba, it, it affected her so deeply that as she sang the song, I mean, she started to cry. And this is that was the reason why she never record, she never sang that song live, or uh, ever sang it again because it was so such an emotional uh, experience for her to sing it. 
um, because she really missed Cuba so much. Uh, and I mean, that is one example where you hear Celiantito and it's, that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Um, so we're going to get to another, another set here. This is not with Tito Puente. Um, this is another album, more a solo album that she did. Um, and it was called Bravo. She recorded this in 1967. We're going to hear quite a few songs of that album because I think it was really, really good album. We're going to start off here with La Campeona. Enjoy. Yo soy aquella que cantaba el yerberito moderno. Yo soy quien los puso a gozar con Bernabé y Burundanga. Y ahora en la nueva ola, aquí también estoy yo. llegó yo soy aquella que cantaba el yerberito moderno yo soy quien los puso a gozar con Bernabé y Burundanga y ahora en la nueva ola aquí también estoy yo Y no la estimo rival 
Una noche en un teatro que mostraba su santunga El público le gritaba a su majestad ¡La rumba! ¡Su majestad la rumba! ¡Ay, el público le gritaba! ¡Su majestad la rumba! ¡Ella no tiene rival! ¡Su majestad la rumba! ¡Porque si sabe bailar! ¡Su majestad la rumba! Y que 
So there was three songs from her Bravo album um, um, from 1967. First was La Campeona, one of my personal favorites. Such a great song. And then there was Su Majestad La Rumba. And after that was a bolero. And what a song. Um, that was Bravo. That's the title song of the album. I just wanted to talk a little bit more here. Um, a lot of people probably want to know, this is such a, a story that everyone loves, but how Celia started saying Asuka. We hear on her later records, uh, after 1971, we always hear her saying Asuka. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, that means sugar. And there's actually kind of a funny story behind it. In 1971, it was uh, 1970, 1971, around that time, she was in a restaurant, a Cuban restaurant, and she was going to have coffee, and, and, and the, the waiter asks her, do you want sugar? And she goes, pero chico, of course, I'm Cuban. <laughs> and um, so basically she told that story uh, at her performance later that night, and everyone loved it and thought it was so funny that she kept telling the story until one day, I mean, the crowd was always requesting this, this story. I guess word had got around about this story, and everyone was always requesting it. And so she got tired of telling them the same story over and over again. So she just one day just goes, Asuka! And from then on, it just kind of become her signature. Um, she would just always say that in, in her records. Um, and you hear it, uh, but all, only in the records after 1971 where you hear that her saying that. Um, so I just wanted to share that little story. Let's get to another couple songs here. This is La Jaivera and also from the 1967 Bravo album. Enjoy. La Jaivera yo soy Quiero que me compre usted La jaiba que vendo yo para hacerla en chilpacho. En mi cesta traigo yo, acabada de pescar, sardinillas, boquerones, no me quiere usted comprar. Una jaiba muy sabrosa voy a darle de comer, pues la jaiba se parece a la mujer. Yo traigo sabrosa jaiba, revuelta con y mezclada con pescadillas y un platillo de frijoles En mi cesta traigo yo acabada de pescar Sardinillas, boquerones, no me quiere usted comprar Una jaiba muy sabrosa voy a darle yo a comer Pues la jaiba se parece a la mujer Si quiere comer jaibita acabada de pescar Ven, sígueme a mi casita Ven y 
ella se va, la jaibera sígueme atrás. La jaibera se va y no volverá. Si tú no compras esta jaiba, no estás en nada. La jaibera se va Me fascinas y me gustas, que eres toda mi ilusión Con una sola palabrita, yo me sentí feliz, feliz Cuando escuché de tu boquita, que yo también te gusto a ti la palabrita yo me sentí feliz feliz cuando escuché de tu boquita que yo también te gustó a ti there we just had two songs from the Bravo album. I told you we were going to hear, be hearing quite a few uh, songs from that album. I just think it was such a great, great album. Uh, there was La Jaibera and then Con Una Sola Miradita. Those are the two songs we just heard there. Um, and I just have to say, these songs, I mean, it's just that Celia, she holds such a special place in my heart. Because as I had started to tell the story in part one in the beginning, how she was the first artist, uh, you know, Latin artist or salsa artist, if you want to say that I felt a real connection to, that I felt it was like my music. After all those years of my father telling me, this is your culture, this is your music, and exposing me to all of that when I was growing up, which was so vital. Um, Celia was the one who really, but made me feel like this is my music. And I remember exactly when it happened. Um, so my mother had been listening to this amazing radio show, which I want to send a shout out to, and I'm going to put a link in the bio to Palante which is an amazing radio show hosted by Daniel Del Piarago on uh, WPFW. And I'm going to put a link up to it because it's a great show. Um, and he had played this song that was uh, from Celia, and it was her version of I Will Survive. It was Yo Vivire on one of her last albums. 
And he had played it, and my mother thought it was so great that she came and said, oh, you know, uh, played it for us and said, because uh, she thought that especially my father would, would like it. And it, it's a great song. I'm going to play it in, uh, in part four. But I had heard it, and it was just like something clicked in my mind. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I started obsessively, and I mean obsessively, um, listening to all of the Celia uh, uh, CDs that my father had. Um, and when I say that, I mean, this is all I wanted to listen to. It was like Celia, Celia, Celia. It was all I would listen to. It was all I would talk about. And it was, I mean, my, 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 my father started to tell me, listen, there's a lot more music. You got to get into all of this music. And it took quite a few months of me only listening to Celia. I got her autobiography. I did research about her life. I really, it was like, I just took in her, you know, just, just took her, her music and, and just deep into my heart. And I mean, she was just so important to me. She still is so important to me. Um, and, and so at that time, then it was after a few months of just that, after I read her book, it was like, she started to talk a lot about a lot of other artists and I would start to look up those artists and be like, Oh, I'm interested in their music. And a lot of times it was actually artists that I had grown up hearing their music. And then there was sometimes other ones that I hadn't like Benny More. The first time I heard about Benny More was in Celia's book, uh, Rolando Lasseri. So she really opened my eyes to in another way, what my father had been telling me all along, and this is, you know, about about the music. Um, and it was it was from there that I really started to get into researching all of this, all of this music. But it really started with when I started to get into Celia and, and, and really deeply. But we're gonna get to another set here. This is from um, another album that she recorded in 1968. This is a bolero called Esperare. Enjoy. Esperaré a que sientas lo mismo que yo A que la luna la mires del mismo color Esperaré que adivines mis versos de amor a que en mis brazos encuentres calor Esperaré A que vayas por donde yo voy A que tu alma me des Como yo te la doy Esperaré A que aprendas de noche a soñar A que de pronto me quieras besar Esperaré que las manos me quieras tomar, que en tu recuerdo me quieras por siempre llevar, que mi presencia sea el mundo que quieras sentir, que un día no puedas sin mi amor vivir. Esperaré a que sientas nostalgia por mí, a que me pidas que no me separe de ti. Tal vez jamás seas tú de mí, más yo mi amor esperaré. Que mi presencia sea el mundo que quieras sentir que un día no puedas sin mi amor vivir. Esperaré a 
que sientas nostalgia por mí A que me pidas que no me separe de ti Tal vez jamás seas tú de mí Mas yo, mi amor, esperaré Mas yo, mi amor, esperaré Podré morir, mi corazón no lo tengo aquí. Allá me está esperando, me está guardando que vuelva allí. Cuando salí de Cuba, dejé mi vida, dejé mi amor. Cuando salí de Atiendo porque mi tierra vida le da, pero llegará el día en que mi mano lo encontrará. Cuando salí de Cuba, dejé mi vida, dejé mi amor. Cuando salí me encuentro lejos de ti, añoro el verde de tus campos, el azul de tu cielo, el agua clara de tus playas y lo ardiente de tu sol. Una triste tormenta está azotando sin descansar, pero el sol de tus hijos pronto la calma te hará cuando salí de Cuba, dejé mi vida, dejé mi amor. Cuando salí de Cuba, dejé enterrado mi corazón. Cuando salí de Cuba, dejé mi madre, dejé mi amor. Cuando salí we heard two songs um there was esperare that was a bolero and then there was cuando salí de cuba that's on the serenata guajira album from 1968 and i have to say that song another song about her nostalgia and her missing cuba so much was that that last one where she sang the day i left cuba i buried my heart in her soil i mean really such an amazing amazing song um and during this time i have to mention that her career wasn't doing so well. And I'm going to explain exactly what brought her back from that. But 
Her career wasn't doing so well. The young, the younger generation, this is the 60s. Remember, you know, the trends in the 60s in Latin music was Boogaloo, was Latin soul, was, you know, what was popular were things like Joe Cuba, Mongo Santa Maria had come out with uh, Watermelon Man. I mean, this was stuff that young people wanted to listen to. But Celia, they saw as, this is my parents' music. This, th So the young people at the time, they weren't really into her music and her career wasn't doing so well. She was performing a lot of the time in Mexico because that's where she was popular. But uh, things were getting quite difficult um, during this time for her. But I'm going to talk a little bit later about what brought her back from the, that time of her career not doing so well. But before we do that, we're going to get to another one. This is from... Uh, another 1968 album. She was such an um, uh, such a prolific artist. I mean, she did 77 solo albums in her career. Isn't that amazing? Um, but here's another 1968 album called La Excitante, and this is uh, a song called Mi Treque Treque. Enjoy. <laughs> Si besa tu boca, mi boca, me da una cosa que no sé qué hacer. Me miro y me da un tembleque, siento un treque treque, yo no sé por qué. Si pienso en lo que te quiero, yo siento un suspiro en mi corazón. Te miro y me da un tembleque, siento un treque treque, yo no sé por qué. Que estoy medio loca, que tu amor me tiene pensando al revés. Siento que ya tus caricias me tienen loquita, nerviosa a la vez. Y besa tu boca, mi boca, me da una cosa que no sé qué hacer. Te miro y me da un tembleque, siento un treque treque, yo no sé por qué. Yo siento un tembleque, que es mi treque treque. Y yo siento un tembleque, es mi treque treque. Yo siento un tembleque, que es mi treque treque. Cuando tú besas mi boca, 
melodía. songs there that was Mi Treque Treque after that was another one with Tito Puente called El Egoa. that was from a 1970 album she recorded with him and then after that was Mi Lindo Bojillo from Nuevos Éxitos from 1971 and I have to say that's where the combination between Celia and Tito shines in that Alma con Alma was the album and that song El Egoa, wow it is just so beautiful and again it really illustrates her um, how incredible she was at singing the songs of, of Santeria and singing in Lukumi. It is just beautiful, beautiful song. Um, now we're going to get to another set and then I'll like, tell you exactly what it was that brought Celia back from almost being uh, obscure at the time. And that's really crazy to say because Celia um, to this day is so beloved and, and, and remembered. But at the time she was really in danger of becoming um, kind of obscure and kind of uh, people w- weren't, the young people really weren't buying her records and listening to her music, but I'm going to tell you exactly what it was that brought her back from that. But but right now we're going to hear another one called Ay Ay Ay. Enjoy. Ay 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 Ay
como estoy sufriendo Pues no me quieres cariño mío Mi alma está muriendo Poquito a poco de frío y de amor Me está volviendo loca el dolor tan grande De tu desprecio Y sigo como un con la esperanza de tu querer Dicen que lo difícil cuando se alcanza Es más hermoso que Cuando se alcanza es más hermoso Que es como un día lluvioso Que de repente le sale el sol Si han llegado a la luna Que se creía inalcanzable Mi amor incalculable Sé que algún día Lo aceptarás
So we just heard Ay Ay Ay, and then after that we heard Pala Paloma, another one with Tito Fuente there. And now I want to tell you a little bit about what was it that brought Celia back. And what it was, was that in 1973, the incredible pianist, band leader, arranger, and uh, composer, uh, Larry Harlow, was working on a salsa opera, the first salsa opera, Omi. And he had written this song called Gracia Divina. And he always thought this is the perfect, he thought this was the perfect song for Celia Cruz. And at the time, Celia was under contract under Tico. So he had gone to Morris Levy, he asked permission, and finally got Celia to agree to sing this, this song. So he sent her a demo tape. And by the time she gets to New York, because I think she was in, she was in Mexico at the time, um, because she did rent a house there and she would live there quite a lot of the time, she came and she had studied that tape. And by the time she got to the studio, she knew the song back to front. She had it per down perfectly and she recorded the song that we we're about to hear in one take. And I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to believe that, that, to think that Celia Cruz recorded Gracia Divina in one take. And if you listen to the song, I mean, the quality of her voice is phenomenal. The arrangements are perfect, and it really just shows her as you can hear how, how regal and how, how commanding her voice is. And it's really where we get to see that this is the queen of salsa. This isn't just La Guarachera de Cuba. She becomes the queen of salsa, in my opinion. This is where we see that. And this is what made the younger generation pay attention to Celia because they said, because this, this, this was totally different than all her other works. So we're going to hear that amazing record, Gracia Divina. Enjoy. Divina. Oh, mi, oh, mi, gracias, divina. 
that is every time i hear it i just always think what a phenomenal phenomenal record it was absolutely amazing um so there this is the end of part two of our four-part celebration of remembering the La Guarachera de Cuba, La Reina de la Salsa, Celia Cruz, after the 19th, uh, ahead of the 19th anniversary of her passing. Actually, um, on part three is actually going to be released on the, on the 18th, at uh, the 16th, which is actually the, that, exactly 19 years after she passed. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this part and we're going to hear what happens next. What's going to happen next now that her career, now that she has done this work with in in, in Omi and Larry Harlow's uh, Salsa Opera. What's going to happen next? So we're about to find out what's going to happen in part three. We're going to hear about the Fania years, her work with Johnny Pacheco, and so much more. So tune in next week, and please let me know what you think. Send me a uh, a message on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, go check out my blog, voiceofthewater.lily.blog, or you can send me a voice message. There is a link in the description to do that via Anchor. Until next time, mi gente, keep dancing, keep honoring your ancestors con mucho, mucho cariño. Ciao. Keep dancing, keep honoring your ancestors con mucho, mucho cariño. Ciao, mi gente. If you like that show, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and leave me a voice message on Anchor. There is a link up in the description. You can also reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Voice of the Water Lily or check out my blog, voiceofthelily.water.blog. You can leave me a message on any of those platforms. Um, and please reach out. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any suggestions, song requests, or anything, please reach out to me. And um, also, if I got something wrong and you want to correct me, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and, uh, until next time, ciao.